everyone, and welcome to the Aplastic Anemia and MDS International Foundation podcast series. We're coming to you today thanks to generous support from individuals, donors, and our corporate partners, including Celgene. My name is Tricia, and I'd like to introduce Robert Burleson, our Communications and Publications Manager. Thank you, Tricia. When you have a serious chronic illness, like any bone marrow failure disease, you may experience problems in sleeping, which may affect the success of your treatment plan. Today, we will be speaking with Dr. Asifa McConnon, a sleep expert who works with marrow failure patients to improve their quality of sleep and their sleep habits. Dr. McConnon is a pulmonologist and sleep specialist trained at Stanford University. He's the medical director of Premier Sleep Disorder Center nearby in Rockville, Maryland, He has received many awards for clinical research and frequently speaks on the subject of sleep medicine. So with that, let's get started. So Dr. McConnell, let's start by asking just a very basic question. Uh, Do bone marrow failure disease patients experience sleep problems? Yes, absolutely. Uh, In general, uh, any patient who's diagnosed with cancer of any sort experience uh, sleep disorder, particularly the first news of even knowing that someone has cancer creates an insomnia. Uh, treatments that we do for uh, any type of cancer, including bone marrow uh, failures, the treatments also cause uh, sleep dis- disturbance and disruption. Uh, pain is another component. And even the fear of uh, the unexpected creates perpetuation of insomnia. Uh, so, yes, uh, the, in general, insomnia affecting about a third of the uh, general public. But when you look into the uh, patient population with cancer, it goes up to 60% of all. Well, thank you. You almost anticipated our second question, which was really about uh, what types or phases patients might be in Uh that may have sleep problems. You mentioned newly diagnosed patients just because of anxiety or treatment-related uh, issues, and then survivorship. Um, you mentioned uh, two terms, uh, fragmented sleep and disturbed sleep. Um, now, when bone marrow failure disease patients come with sleep issues, what type of disorders are commonly found? So uh, sleep onset, sleep maintenance, insomnia are quite common. Uh, Insomnia syndrome, which would mean besides the sleep fragmentation, they experience daytime symptoms of daytime fatigue. Uh, And and fatigue has significant overlap with sleep sleep symptoms. If you look particularly also people who have bone marrow issues, you know, through treatment or as a part of the disease, you're going to develop anemia. So anemia, especially when there is iron depletion, it's going to lead to development of restless leg syndrome, which particularly this group gets affected more frequently. Uh, Restless leg syndrome is when when you have the feeling of restlessness of your legs close to bedtime, and once you fall asleep also, the, the body goes into what we call periodic body movement, which fragments your sleep. So that we see it as the course of the anemia improves and those symptoms to improve. Uh, <clears throat> so those are the main ones that we see. Thank you. Um, you also touched on sleep disorders. 
during the treatment phase do, and of course there's a number of treatment approaches for this uh, group of diseases, are certain treatments known to be worse or more drastic than others as far as how they'll disturb uh, a patient's sleep? Those have not been particularly studied as to which intervention would, but in general, knowing you know how intense any cancer treatment is, uh, you know pretty much many of the medications that we use uh, they, they they cause fragmentation of sleep insomnia as a main side effect. Thank you. And then touching back to something you'd said earlier, a patient experiences fatigue. There's, is there any difference in the experience, whether it's uh, fatigue from uh, symptoms, fatigue from treatment, or just the effect of the disease versus other conditions that they might be experiencing that would affect their sleep? Or it's just it's sleep disturbance, plain and simple? Uh, no, it's a combination. Uh, fatigue plus sleepiness. Sleepiness is another factor. In fact, uh, as we speak, I, I, I follow a patient who had bone marrow transplant and uh, for a rare type of hematological issue, which she's on experimental treatment. One of the profound symptoms was fatigue at the beginning, which was followed by daytime sleepiness, uh, what we call hypersomnia. Uh, so the fragmentation of sleep also followed by daytime symptom of hypersomnia. In fact, there was a, a study to to see if the medication that we usually use to promote daytime wakefulness would help in post-chemotherapy fatigue or post-chemotherapy hypersomnia. We use it off-label and it works because it's a common symptom for patients. Another common uh, disorder that we wouldn't uh, touch base is obstructive sleep apnea, which in general, in the general public is common. But also, when because one of the symptoms is daytime sleepiness or daytime fatigue, when you develop conditions like hematological issues, uh, if you have obstructive sleep apnea, then the symptom of daytime fatigue becomes more profound, particularly if the apnea is not treated. Thank you. Um, and then, I guess sleep disorders can affect the quality of life for these patients uh, to different degrees, from just minor uh problems to major issues with it. Um, is this what you've experienced and how can patients cope with uh, these problems? Yes. So quality of life gets affected severely. Uh, neurocognitive function, <clears throat> patients focus, concentration, uh, daytime uh, uh, daily activities are severely affected when you have untreated sleep disorder and if your quality of sleep is quite poor. Um, also, because it affects your immune system, as sleep fragmentation is uh, known to affect uh, our body's ability to fight infection, uh, patients could be predisposed to infection through the treatment process. Uh, there is a, a recent interest to see if sleep fragmentation actually affects treatment outcome. You know, should we improve sleep and would there be an improvement in outcome? If you look back as to what happens with sleep deprivation, uh, the more we treat sleep, outcomes of disease significantly improve. So that's one one focus that uh, we need to do. There was a study that was done to look if survivorship uh, centers that promote or handle uh, cancer survivorship program, if they have incorporated sleep quality assessment 
And the report was, you know, quite poor. Only 25% of centers in the United States do look sleep uh, or raise the issue of sleep with their patients. So the first thing is patients should really come out and tell the physicians if they are experiencing disrupted sleep, insufficient sleep, they're waking up with headache, they have fatigue. The first thing that we do is, you know, we assess their sleep quality clinically. They might need a, a sleep evaluation uh, by the testing. And if it's insomnia, the first thing that we do is what we call cognitive behavioral uh, therapy, which is a non-pharmacological approach. And that should be the first intervention for, for everybody where we use um, stimulus control, we teach them good sleep hygiene. Patients are trained to keep a fixed wake-up time, to have bright light exposure in the morning as much as possible to avoid things that would disrupt sleep at night, particularly caffeine, chocolate, those kind of things, alcohol, nicotine. And close to bedtime, patients are encouraged to dim light so that their own melatonin can rise up to incorporate relaxation type of techniques, could it be yoga or deep breathing exercise, meditation, which would enhance you know the quality of sleep. Uh, if that fails, is when we will go with pharmacological intervention for sleep for hypnotics, which usually we use it short term. So those are the main things that we do. One other thing. Uh if patients feel, well, I'm fatigued and I'm just going to take a nap and I'll feel better, uh, is that okay? Or can that just compound trouble sleeping at night since they've had some sleep during the day? Is that something that's uh, advisable or something to avoid? Yeah, so short naps are okay uh, if it's not too close to bedtime. Uh, short naps by a mean is, you know, 15 minutes to half hour. Prolonged uh, nap is not good because it's going to affect nighttime sleep. So that that would be the approach. And then later on during the recovery or well into survivorship, can they revisit napping with less concern? Uh, still, uh, in general, the napping recommendation would be for short naps, 15 uh, to 30 minutes. Okay. Thank you. Is there a point, how can seeing a sleep specialist uh, people just like you um, with treatment and survivorship and marrow failure, is there a point when the patient should realize it is time to get professional help and see a sleep specialist? Yes. So the first thing is uh, to bring it to the primary care doctor or to the nurse practitioner who, who's, who's handling you know, their, their primary case. And also, you know, oncologists uh, should be informed to assess you know, sleep quality in pretty much in each of their patients. But from patient's standpoint, when symptoms of daytime fatigue is profound, when, when you wake up and you don't feel you have not had enough sleep, or if there's daytime sleepiness, uh, if there's restless leg kind of symptom, then that's time to ask for a sleep medicine evaluation for a systematic approach. Thank you. I, I know you, you may have touched on this a bit earlier in two different um, replies, but as it stands now, what kind of treatments, straightforward treatments are available for marrow failure patients who are having these sleep disorder issues? Yes. So uh, pure insomnia, like, like I said, cognitive behavioral therapy, the first approach. 
pharmacological intervention with hypnotic medications, the usual prescription medications for short-term use, uh, are the two main ones. If there is uh, restless leg symptom, uh, then replacement of iron uh, or <clears throat> pharmacological treatment with what we call dopamine uh, agonist medications are, are the ones that we use. If there is sleep apnea, which it could be there, then patients are treated either with a positive air pressure or with oral appliance therapy uh, because you know sleep apnea and oxygen reduction and release of stress hormone at night definitely have been shown to affect um, you know tumor growth. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, those are the evaluations that are usually interventions that are handled under the sleep specialist. Dr. McConan, I just had a, an, I, a thought that came while you were talking about lack of iron. What if due to transfusions and other treatments, these patients have too much iron? They often go, iron gelation therapy is too much iron also a cause of uh, sleep disturbances? Uh, no. Uh, so it would be... Uh, low ferritin uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, too much iron uh, okay. that would affect Is it known if sleep disorders uh, can really affect the outcome of treatment or is it it's a discomfort but it's not a factor in treatment? The no, there treatment? are, yes, there are epidemiological studies uh, in general, in the general public, and also in the oncological society, there was no breakdown in terms of you know the marrow failure patients. But in general, all comers from uh, cancer, epidemiologically, people who have sleep disorders uh, untreated survivors less. Uh, also, in the general public, untreated sleep disorder, their longevity gets affected. Good to know that. We have one more question, just to. Uh sum up with, uh, and that is this, what is the most important advice you can give to patients who are marrow failure disease patients in general and specifically if they are speaking to you about problems, getting regular satisfactory sleep, what's the most important thing you would want them to know? Uh, first is regular wake up time. Uh, and in the morning, as soon as they wake up, they really have to be out of bed, have bright light. Morning light is very important. It assures full wakefulness. And uh, physical stretching or physical activity in the morning. And habits that often, you know, we, we tend to miss habits of uh, consuming caffeinated products after midday should be, uh, should be no. I mean, lifestyle issues in the morning, it's okay. Nighttime exposure to light. Now, with uh, technologies and society now as everybody's watching TV or on the screen or the phone. So that light exposure affects our melatonin secretion, which actually affects sleep onset and sleep perpetuation. So for them to take it easy for about half hour before bedtime, dim light, and really make non-pharmacological interventions of relaxation, deep breathing, yoga, meditation as part of their life. Well, thank you for some very practical uh, things that patients can do that just on their own, their own uh, adjusting their own lifestyle and activities. wanted to thank you very much, uh, Dr. McConnon, for sharing your expertise and advice with the bone marrow failure disease community today 
Over to you, Tricia. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. McCona, for being with us today. Thank you also, listeners, for being here as well. As a reminder, the AAMDSIF helpline is here for you at 800-747-2820, option 2, or email help at aamds.org, where you can be connected with Peer Support Network and other support groups. To connect with your peers online, you can join the confidential chats at maroforums.org. And 24-7, you can find information for parents, patients, and caregivers at aamds.org. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.